0: Rivals and let's go to the book of Proverbs together with him. Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. If your Lord's day plans involve the house of the Lord in the evening, we have great services on Sunday night and. This evening, Lord, we'll be preaching on "Get to the Tower," and I uh, find it helpful. As you like a little bit of history, you'll enjoy it too. Proverbs chapter four. I'll speak to you this morning on the subject of if you want wisdom. If you want wisdom. What if I could tell you on the authority of the Word of God that the most valuable thing which a person can possess is available to every person under the hearing of my voice? Would that surprise you? Would you be skeptical that that's a a fact? That is exactly what I'm telling you this morning, and I'm going to show you scripturally that every person who's listening, whether it be here in the congregation or via some electronic medium... Uh, every person can have the thing that God says is the most valuable possession that we can have, the most valuable uh, characteristic and attribute that we can develop in our lives. And that's wisdom. It's amazing. Let me preface it by saying to you, in the Bible there are different types of wisdom. Uh, a man in our church, he had not been in our church very long at that time, was here a good number of years, he called me early on being here, he was reading a passage in, He said, it almost sounds negative about wisdom here, and and I said, I mentioned where I thought he might be reading, and he said, yes, that's where I was, and and I said, that's because that is negative. That's a, uh, that's, uh, the Bible talks about a wisdom that is not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, devilish. There's an earthly wisdom, and it may have some usefulness in some earthly things, but it's. The problem with it is not its application that it's useful in the earth. The problem is its originations from the earth. So it doesn't think any higher than that. It doesn't, it doesn't see things beyond just the basic level. Now, God never designed us to live like animals. And when I say that, it's very easy to think about that, uh, you know, in a, in a beastly type form and just, you know, law of the jungle type thing. And that's true. But He did not design us to live like animals. He created us... In his image. And because of that, he has designed us to live in a way that's much higher than just a basic level of living. We're supposed to live with a cognizant awareness of the Lord Jesus Christ and of God in our life. And so there's a there's a wisdom that's earthly, sensual. Wisdom's based on the senses. When it's talking about sensual, it's talking about just the input from the senses. Obviously, God gave us our senses. (laughs) You wonder if God gave some people sense, amen? But God gave us our senses, our capacity to sense the world around us through the different things. But wisdom that's only based on that, goes no higher than that, is is very, very lacking. And then the last one, there's no redeeming part to it, and that's devilish. It's earthly, sensual, devilish. It's it's an evil wisdom. It's coming to do wrong. It's... it's, it's, uh, uh, inventors of evil things the Bible talks about. It's, it's cunning to do the wrong thing and takes a pleasure in it, thinks that somehow it's very uh, smart by, uh, by all the evil it does and that sort of thing. Then there are other wisdoms the Bible talks about that aren't what we're looking for either. The Bible says that, uh, that there is a wisdom of our own eyes and it warns against that when we're wise in our own eyes. How that shows up is we're not willing to be taught We've got it figured. We're right and everybody else is wrong. We can't learn anything. Can't, can't be taught. When somebody's that way, when they come in connection with the Word of God, they come in connection with the Bible, they'll reject it out of hand. They'll say, ah, it doesn't make sense to me. And be- uh, based on that, they'll override or they think they'll override in their mind, they override the Word of God because they're wise in their own eyes. They've got it figured. Then the Bible says there's, a, there's an instance of being wise in our own conceits. And that's, uh, we're just so sure. And, uh, boy, there's a difference between being persuaded and being that conceitful type saying, I can do this and I can do that and nothing's going to change it. And so if you want wisdom, what we're talking about today is good wisdom. It's godly wisdom. It's, it's the wisdom that comes from above. It's, it's that every good and every perfect gift that cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It's that wisdom. It's the wisdom that carries great reward with it. It's the wisdom that, that uh, helps us to be a, a source of life and a source of light and a source of help to people. Now, the question is today, a serious question, do you want it? It is available to you, but do you want it? Don't care what your age is, but you've got to want it. Nobody else can get it for you. And we'll give you some things about it this morning. Uh, Proverbs 4 Look at the one verse in verse 7 there. We're going to be turning to several passages in the Scripture. But I want you to look in verse 7. It says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Everything builds off of this. This is the, the origination. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Not hope to. Get it. You're very tired of try and hope to stuff. Get it. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. And so God wants us to have these things with it. If we're going to have wisdom, there's some things we got to do. Number one, mark this down. You need to be decided in your asking. You need to be decided in your asking. Look in James chapter 1. You might want to keep something in Proverbs. We'll be coming back to passages in Proverbs as well. But look in James chapter 1. Maybe you say, okay, this is intriguing. I think wisdom may be something I want. God, let me let me pay attention here and see see what the scripture says. Well, first thing is we need to be decided, very decided, and our are asking James chapter one. Stuck in Hebrews, so on? No. James chapter one, a verse and passage often quoted here in the script in this in this church from the scripture. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Then look at verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, May I say to you, one of the first things about getting wisdom is knowing if you lack it. The reality is life should bring you to that over and over again. I want you to think of wisdom not just as a general thing, but I want you to think of specific wisdom for specific things in your life as well. I believe you'll be very biblically accurate if you think that way about it. You want wisdom, but be thinking also of specific wisdom. Um, Brother Carpenter, of course, uh, uh, Brother Keith's preaching back in Junior Church this morning. Brother Carpenter in the 10 years you've been working here over 10 years, how many times have I said we're going to get wisdom on that? Let's try to get wisdom on that. Let's, let's go, what is, the, what is the guiding principle? Why did we start that? What guides us from it? Then let's ask God for wisdom. I don't know quite what to do here. Let's, let's just wait on God. He'll give us wisdom on it. Let's seek God's wisdom. Let's not jump ahead on it. You can have wisdom for specific things in your life, very vital things. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally. In other words, it's not, he it doesn't, doesn't just ration it out a little. And upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. The upbraideth not means he doesn't give you a hard time for coming to him. Probably most of us have had happen to us, and unfortunately too many of us have probably done it. Somebody who doesn't know how to do something comes up and says, how do I do this? And the response is why don't you know how to do that? Or you don't know how to do that? You know, if I ask somebody to do something, they say, you don't know how to do that. I always want to say, okay, dumb question is that. You're dumber than I am. I don't know how to do this, but that's a dumb question. If I knew how to do it, why would I be asking you, right? That's crazy. i will go find somebody who's smarter to ask this. Um, but, it's, uh, uh, but then uh, I want a little more mercy if I'm the one actually doing that. Uh, <laughs> but God doesn't upbraid us. In other words, you don't have to be scared to come to God And say, well, by this point, you know, I've been in church for years. I've been saved for years. I've been around the Bible for years. I should have some wisdom. And I just really know I'm lacking it. I'm almost scared to go to God. He upbraideth not. In other words, he will not squelch your attempt to go the right direction. And that's vital to know. I hope that gets in your heart because it's real. And so he says there with it, he he, says, he upbraideth not. Look look at the rest of the, the passage there. And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man, wavering man, think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so this is to be avoided, of course, with that. Be decided in your asking. Decide who you're going to ask for wisdom. I'm talking about making decisions. Decide you're going to ask God. You know, there's a little phrase that's used. I'm not upset by it by any means. More than one of you use it. And, and there's a technical way in which it's correct. You, you want to ask questions question. You say, I want to get some wisdom from you. That's actually viable to go to a wise counselor and ask to get some wisdom. But I want you to ask God. Decide who you're going to ask. You, God is to be your Savior. You are to have a vital relationship with Him. Ask God. So be decided and Ask who you're going to ask. You have to be careful who you ask about what. Anybody know somebody in your life that you just don't want to ask anything when it comes to advice? Amen. You can be nice to them, but you don't want them directing you for sure. Then be decided in what you're asking. The Bible says, if any of you lack, what's the word? God, I need wisdom. Let me, let me direct your mind scripturally a little bit. It's different. It's not just a play of words. It's different in the approach than just saying, God, I need help figuring this out. I'm not saying that saying that's wrong or evil, but this is different than that. God, I need wisdom. Because when we approach it using the biblical term, we're acknowledging the one who gives it. God, I need to figure this out. You come up with the idea. You pat yourself on the back if you can reach it. And you say, Hey, look. I got this figured out. And you start thinking, Man, I I get pretty, pretty sharp with that. you know." But when you seek wisdom and God gives you wisdom on something, it leads to you honoring and praising God in your heart, in your mind. You're grateful for it. Lord, thank you for showing that to me. Thank you for bringing my mind to that. So be decided who you ask. Ask God. Be decided what you ask. Ask for wisdom. Well, I don't know. No, no, get over that. On the Word of God, on the authority of the Word of God, every person listening to me can have wisdom if you will decide to. Decide to. It's not for somebody else. That's for you. Ask. Watch you ask. And then be decided how you ask. Ask in faith. I'm going to go into that. And that's contagious. Don't let Joe get contagious with any of y'all. Come over there. Do it? He's asleep. <laughs> Don't live dangerously, there, Isaiah. Do not poke it. You got a, you got a baby. I my dad that he yeah, I was gonna say you got a baby on your lap. Don't wake him up. Right? <laughs> you get bad over there. <laughs> but when you ask and you decide how you're going to ask, ask in faith. What does that mean? It Means you come to it expecting God will show you. If you're expecting a blinding flash, you instantly have an answer on something. Uh, you're mistaken in the way this goes. But you come to God and ask for wisdom on it, he'll, and then you, then you listen a while. God, I need wisdom on this. I've, I've received answers right away on that prayer. and Just something will open up I never even thought of or a direction. I've been months at a time sometimes. God, I need some wisdom in this. There's things I've held off doing. There's things I've held off teaching. I've held off preaching. I've held off making administrative decisions within the church. God give me wisdom on this. And you're waiting for direction in that, but you're saying, okay, God will give this. So how do you know if I'm asking in faith? You'll be giving away from this type of behavior. God give me wisdom, help me with this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got to come up with something. You're not asking in faith. Very, very weak faith if it is there. Yeah. Is that kind of thing? Here's what you'll do because you've got to learn this behavior. It's a biblical behavior. See, we come to church to learn how to live. The whole message I'm working on on living faith. Faith that doesn't affect our living is not faith in a living God. And so when we're talking about this, here's the thing I want you to see. You'll learn this behavior. So you may do this. God, God, give me wisdom on this, and then you may find yourself starting to starting to fret a little over it and stuff, and say, say, God, I, I, I don't, wait a minute, Lord, I've asked you for wisdom, okay? God, me get my mind calmed down. And part of what happens during the time, it isn't the wisdom, but it's kind of what comes with the wisdom. Part of it, when you settle down, you'll see things more clearly. And believe it or not, that is an element of the wisdom. And so. Be deciding your ass. Then be diligent in your pursuit. Look in Proverbs two. I told you we'd be doing more in Proverbs. Look in Proverbs chapter two. You gotta be diligent in your pursuit. It's like a duet over there, What in the world, man. That's wild. I thought, I know Joe's not making that higher pitch noise, I don't think. It, Proverbs two. Isn't that funny? Well, I'm glad we don't have, by the way, don't ever, don't ever, ushers, don't ever let Joe up in the balcony. He might be like old brother Eutychus in the Bible. He'd come down out of there, he'd kill somebody under him, too. But I'm not Paul, and he won't get resurrected. And there's a, there's a fellow in the Bible, if you're not aware of named Eutychus, and he was up in the third window, fell asleep while Paul was long preaching. That's scriptural right there. He was long preaching. Paul fell, or Paul didn't fall asleep. He fell asleep, and he fell out of the window and killed him. And they say, why do you fall out of the window? There's more of him out than what was in. That's always dangerous, amen? And uh, Proverbs chapter 2, look at verse 1. It says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear into wisdom. Now look at the things of pursuing and being diligent. Inclining your ear means you're, you're trying to hear it. You're listening for something. So thou incline thine ear into wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge... You speak up. You want it. You're looking for it. And lift us up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. By the way, we have his words coming out of his mouth, and we look for wisdom in it. You've got to be diligent in your pursuit. Look, if it's a haphazard thing, you're not going to get anything. Or very little. It's got to be important to you. It's not important to you. This is is something massively powerful and massively valuable. This gives you the ability of influence. It builds something into you that comes from God that allows you to influence other lives without trying to exert yourself or have dominion over somebody. It's wisdom. It gives you a strength that is not just mere physical or mental strength. It lets you see things from the way that they are and God will show you things. And to have something that God counts to be so valuable, He doesn't want to just go at it, you know, well, maybe, I don't know, I'll try. I'll give it a shot once. No, you've got to be diligent in pursuit. You've got to be after it. And God rewards it when you're after it. Dear precious man in our church, years and years ago, he was, he was trying to figure something out and he said, I'm learning Bible and he says, I, I want to be able to get some things out of the Bible and his, his exact question, I'll never forget it, <laughs> and, and, and I, I, didn't, I didn't rebuke or anything with it, I just talked to him about it, but he said to me, he said, can you tell me some shortcuts to learn the Bible? <laughs> that was the question. Yeah, that's, Exactly, that's what I looked at him too. He's like, can you tell me some shortcuts to learn the Bible? And I said, no, yeah, I can't. No, I can't. The fact of wanting shortcuts means you're not going to learn. Now, I, I said, if you want to know some things that will help you learn it, if you want to know some starting points, if you want to know some smaller steps because it seems overwhelming, I can help you with that. If you're looking for shortcuts, no. God's not looking to give What he says is his most valuable gift, apart from salvation, his most valuable gift to mankind. He's not looking at the gift people who treat it so lightly that they think it's just a little flippant thing you can get. So we need to be diligent in our pursuit. The Scripture talks about that there. Look also over in Proverbs 18. And this will speak to a particular thing in our day. I hope some of you have hearing ears this morning to hear what I'm getting ready to say to you. Proverbs 18. What I'm going to say, I'm going to point out to you the scripture, what it's teaching you. It says, through desire, a man having separated himself seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. Through desire, there's the want to. But the man having separated himself, what's that mean? It means a couple of things. One thing is it means it takes you take time to do it. You say, how how long a day? Tell me how many minutes that is. No, 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 you're missing it. It's not a specific formula of time. But you're setting aside time. You're taking time. You don't live in a life that, I'm just too busy to be in my Bible. First time you don't watch anything on YouTube. First time you are dealing with you're not dealing with a bunch of non-work related texts. And spend your time on there. The first time you haven't killed an hour or two hours surfing around on Facebook getting your nose on what everybody else is doing in life. First time you do that, you come and tell me look me in the eye and tell me you don't have time for the Bible. It isn't an issue of not having time. It's an issue of not getting it in you. Right. Right. And and when you are completely slammed in time I'm talking about, I'm going working people and stuff. I'm not going to talk about you here for a minute. You, you know that that's always interesting, getting your time management down. I want to talk with you mamas that have young kids. Like, I'm talking about on the days when it's 7 o'clock at night, and the thing you're longing for is to be able to take a shower. Okay? <laughs> that was a look. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. When, when you're just trying, trying to keep up with things, I'm going to encourage you in something in that, that'll help you. If you will take time to open your Bible, you don't have to go through a huge amount of Bible. Find passage, get into something, and let it get into you. And take time to think about it, take it with you. Even if you just pick up a couple of verses initially and get them inside you, and say, okay, I'm going to think on that and do that. It'll help you. Do not approach your relationship with the Bible is an all-or-nothing proposition. You, you can get fed from it. And you can get, your diligence can show up in the fact, I'm going to get some of this in me. In today's world, there's so many things you can get in auditory. I have King James Bible on, on where I can listen to it as well. I'm looking for a different one because the one I've got weird. It is, man. There's this dude on there. We went in the Philippines, and I, I heard him talk. I thought, whoa, I don't need some woke dude talking to me about the Bible. And uh, got rid of that. Can't be putting up with that stuff. Uh, but I am looking, look for Scorby. He's hard to find electronically. You know? I think you can download him, but you got to invest in that. I mean, <laughs> um, but you're, get inside of you some of this. Be diligent in your pursuit. In other words, here's what happens, okay? You start taking time because it's important and you say, okay, I'm going to start down the road on this. If you're not going this direction, if you're not putting a, a decent effort into it and, and separating yourself to this, when you begin to do that, your efforts will be blessed. But you have to start somewhere. So through desire, man having separated himself, what else is, a, and I'll deal with this more at the end, but you also have to separate from things that destroy your faith, that encumber your faith, and that choke your faith. Those are different things the Bible talks about with it. And so, a man through desire, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. So, you have to be decided in your asking, you have to be diligent in your pursuit. And then, say, let me say it quickly to you you have to be discerning in your companions. Weird mindset today of people who think that who you run with and who you associate with doesn't affect you anyway, and that's completely false. Well, if you're strong enough, you could get off that. You, you are in complete disagreement with the Word of God on that. Um, and you can go through this world, and you can interact like you have to, and on um, work. I mean, any, any given day, any of you in the work world, you're dealing with things you'd rather not deal with. You're dealing with people you wouldn't choose to go run around with. Yeah, you should have strength enough to do that. But what we're talking about is who you choose as companions. And by the way, that person you keep letting entertain and teach you, you're choosing as a companion. I've never spent a day with him. Yes, you have. It's weird, you know. This idea of watching out for, for the influence has really dropped off since uh, social medias are so so uh, popular. A preacher just afraid of it or don't see the connection of it. Or many of them don't want to get their wives upset over it. <laughs> it's... it's it's important who we choose to let influence us. Every one of us can be influenced. I can be influenced. You can be influenced. I got a stronger personality in that. You're wise in your own conceits. You you need to understand that's not what God says about the situation. Let me give you something with this. You need to be discerning in your companions. Look in Proverbs chapter 13. I know it's not a camp meeting. Get you hooting and hollering type thing. Not that you hoot and holler a lot anyway, but... (laughs) But Just saying. It's an area we could grow in. Proverbs 13. Look at verse 20. Proverbs 13. Verse 20. This is a familiar verse with many of you. It says, He that walketh with... And that's the idea of choosing that companionship. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise... But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know, I read a lot of books. I, I, I read a lot of history. There are many people I've read biographies about. Some of them are not people I would want to spend a whole lot of time with. But I don't go back and keep looking for what they teach and what they taught and keep letting that influence out. May read, they may have accomplished something. Some of them may have been good at something in business. I think it's interesting the business things they did. But I don't want to hear about their philosophy in life. Because they're, they're just went well, a totally different way than what I see to be scripturally. And, and, and you need to understand, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And you're not just limited to those who live now. You can read good books of people who went and they were wise. They had some wisdom. And you can let them influence you. Do you understand that next passage that says a companion of fools shall be destroyed? There's a lot of different forms of destruction. A fool can destroy you physically. A fool can destroy you emotionally. A fool can destroy you mentally. A fool can destroy you spiritually. You tie in with a the fool; they can destroy you financially. You get into a partnership with one, and they go down; and they take you with them. You say, what's a fool like? I have out on the table thing I put together. Many of you read it, and some of you commented. How it's helpful to you, characteristics of fools. These are all taken from the book of Proverbs. right out there on the table out there. And I put that out there so you could identify one when it's coming at you. Do you know it says it's better to meet a bear robbed of her whelps than a fool in his folly? I don't know about you. My next hiking, whatever I may do, and I'm not a big expedition-type hiker, but the next time I'm hiking, one thing I do not want to see is a bear with her cubs taken away from her. Thank you. I don't care. Well, if it's just a little black bear. They don't make them little enough, I want to meet them in that condition. Let me just read some of these things, the summary of some of the things the Bible says about a fool. A fool trusts his own heart. A fool says whatever comes to his mind. This is all Bible. Read it out there. Get it. Read the scriptures. Fools under slanders. Fools, his ways are right in his own eyes. You can't teach him anything. He's never wrong. It's never his fault. Everything happens. Somebody else did it. Somebody else's problem. Somebody caused it. It wasn't ever him or her. His wrath is presently known. He proclaims or speaks out in favor of foolishness. He he promotes it. Promotes foolish behavior. A foolish woman specifically, the Bible says, plucks down her house. She's a destructive force in that house. Tears it down. It hurts people with prideful speech. A fool is, uh, is deceitful. It's one of their characteristics. They mock at sin. They take it lightly and think it's funny or amusing. They rage and are confident. They're soon angry. They're, they have a hasty spirit exalts folly. What does that mean? Just rushing everything and not paying attention. Fools bring grief and sorrow and shame to their parents. A fool is always looking for way off. Way off instead of what's at hand. They won't take care of the living details of life. Instead, they're always looking for, well, you know, well, it's going to be better. And I'm going over there, and that's going to be better. And I'm going to go there, and that's going to be better. And I'm going to do this, and that's going to be better. They are never paying attention to what they need to be doing in the day-by-day living of their life. The fool's only desire for understanding is self-awareness. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to understand myself. I'm trying to get in touch with myself. It's self, 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 self. In other words, that really large section of any bookstore. It says their only delights that they may discover themselves. That's what the Bible says about it. Well, I always just all understand me and where I'm from. And That's a foolish characteristic. Very foolish characteristic. Contention or strokes are associated with a fool's mouth. His mouth's always destruction. His lips are the snare of his soul. A fool's heart perverts their way and causes them to fret against the Lord. A fool's a calamity to his father. A fool's actions bring judgments. I think it's a testimony of our need of the Lord in our lives that in any given time, any of us at some time have displayed some of these foolish characteristics. The identification of a person as a fool is a continuation in one or a, or a, or a group of these characteristics that are identified by the Bible. When you choose them as your companion, well, they're, no, they're going, to, they're going to destroy you. And they're going to destroy the people that you care about around you. Then, be discerning in your companions. Look in Proverbs 19. Proverbs chapter 19. Do you, do you want wisdom? Do you want wisdom? Huh? Can you even cause yourself to be disciplined enough to listen to a message about wisdom? You need to be del- decided in your asking. You need to be diligent in your pursuit and then discerning in your companion. Look in Proverbs 19 and look in verse 27. page over for that. It says, Cease, my son. You understand that means to quit something. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that caused to err from the words of knowledge. Hmm. An ungodly witness scorneth judgment. And the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scorners and strives for the back of fools. Cease to hear the ones that Calls thee to err from the word of knowledge cease to hear the instruction let me say something here and it's not a point I'm going to develop do you understand according to the scripture and I'll give you the scripture you can look it up Colossians 3 verse 16 Colossians 3:16 you want to mark it down like look at it later do you understand that music is inherently instructive? It's a purpose why it's designed it's one of the main purposes. all music is inherently instructive. It's teaching something, and it's a very powerful medium of teaching. Cease, my son to hear the instruction of him that causeth thee to err in the ways of truth. Um, do you know in the Bible in First Timothy chapter six, where the faithful preachers are war are, are, are commissioned and given the task to warn those that would trust in uncertain riches uh, and uh, for, that would be puffed up because of what they possess? It says in that passage that their science falsely so-called also causes thee to err from destruction. Um, A lot of things are passed off as sciences. And there's a lot of different disciplines of science that are error. And there's a lot of things that are being pushed in social agendas on the basis of science that have no reality. It's science falsely so called. Don't get me wrong, they've got really neat books, very persuasive, their language going with it. But the Bible says that science falsely so is called as well as this thing of being puffed up about riches, causes us to err from the faith. And as a preacher, I'm just warning people that it will cause you to err from the faith, to, to move from the way of faith. Pay attention. Then, let me say lastly to you, we need to be dedicated to its, profit, to its proper use. We get wisdom, we need to use it well. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Turn there, please. Solomon was quite a study in this. He had wisdom, and asked for wisdom, God gave it to him in abundance. But the end of Solomon's life is very tragic, because the wisdom was not harnessed by a heart that stayed true with God. The women, the wealth and these things took away and, and took away the heart of Solomon. took it it away in a way that led to idolatry. Solomon allowed idolatry to come into the kingdom of Israel. Um, The Bible says that he loved many outlandish women. And he got into these situations, got into these relationships. Part of it was for kingdom's sake, or so he said, and wealth and trade and all that. Other reasons with it. And because of that, heart not staying where it ought to stay, this man who had such wisdom on the spiritual level, did many foolish things. Um, our nature is corruptible and corrupt. It has the capacity to corrupt. And because of that, even something like wisdom, we can, we can twist if we do not stay close to the Lord. Humility is uh, the thing and staying teachable before the Lord. Ecclesiastes 10, look in verse 10. If you, when you do get wisdom, I'm not going to say Yes. Because those of you who will ask in faith, and if you'll diligently pursue it, you'll, you'll get, start getting wisdom. But you got to use it right. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10, it says, If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge. Some of you may not know that term, wet. W-H-E-T, as I'm reading it. This idea is sharpening. That's a proper term. We talk about a wet stone, and that's a stone used for sharpening something. If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. In other words, if you're cutting things like you're using a chainsaw and all of a sudden all you're throwing out is sawdust and you're not throwing chips in or anything and you get finer and finer sawdust, you're wearing out yourself, the equipment, it's hard work. If you're using an ax and in, in, in you let it get dull, it's not easy to work with. Um, probably everybody in here, including our household, has drawers of knives which could really need sharpened. Uh, you know what I mean? When you're going through stuff that should be easy, and you're putting so much force in it uh, to trying to get through, you're actually just knocking things apart with a piece of metal. You're no know, longer cutting things. And uh, and this is talking about that if you don't sharpen your instrument, if you don't take care of it, then you basically are wearing yourself out unnecessarily. Wisdom is profitable to direct. Use it the right way. Use wisdom to learn to do things well. You can beating your head against a wall. But it's, it's not healthy for you or the wall. You, uh, wisdom helps you not to just be flailing about. Just wasting time, energy everywhere. It's profitable to direct. You're supposed to use it right. Proverbs 13, 14, just write down these verses. Proverbs thirteen fourteen. we find it's a fountain of life. That it flows, it comes up. When we have wisdom, it's a fountain of life. And it's a place where other people will be helped by it and they'll be touched by it, they'll be strengthened by it. Think with me a second, just a second. Just take a moment to think. And I'm not going to call on any of you to answer out loud with this, but I want you to think. Hasn't there been somebody in your life at some time maybe made a statement to you or an observation or something and maybe, maybe they never even knew it affected you? Maybe you never told them. Maybe you never responded. But that statement has really stuck with you and has helped you down over the years. People nodding on that. That's, That's good, isn't it, when that happens? Tell you what, wisdom's that way is a fountain of life. One of the neat things about wisdom is that you get to be a help even way beyond where you know that you're being a help. I got a call on this week. There was a lady who has visited here on occasion. It's been a good while since she had been here. She works with the home health care company. There's a lady in our town Home to Be with the Lord two night before last night. She was, this lady who had visited here, she called and she said, Pastor, I, I don't know if she's going to last 24 hours. Can you just come and talk to her? said she's not, She's not really responding to anybody. Can you come pray with her, maybe with the family? And I went down to the street here in town on Thursday afternoon, and and, the whole family gathered in her. A lot of people came in before the thing was over. And when I went in, I called the lady's name. I called her name. Her eyes opened up. She looked at me. We didn't know each other. And she followed me throughout. And by the time I was done talking and prayed with, she tried to grasp my hand. She was cognizant. She gave good testimony to her family of being a Christian lady. But all the people there, I had a bunch of blessed promises in my car, empty those. everybody got those, got to give the gospel witness We're dealing with the family. They are all there coming in. I don't know them all. They're kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. A whole bunch of folks came in. I sent a text later. I was checking out how things were going. I sent a text to the lady who's visited here at our church. And and I, I said, thank you so much for opening the door for being involved with that. Here's my thought with this when we talk about fountain of life. Here this lady is helping with the home health care. She's trying to be a help any way she could, but she didn't know what to do, but she knew a gospel preacher somewhere. She became a source of the gospel being given to a lot of people in that house. She became a source of them getting gospel literature in their hand. Why? Because she was willing to let what she knew be useful to the people around her. Hey, I know somebody in town. I know somebody who might be able to help her with this. And what she did, she took what she knew. She took the, the, the contact she had and used it to be a help to the family. When you get wisdom, and as wisdom grows in you, it becomes a fountain of life. That which God shows you, you are able to help others with. It, using it right, you don't become prideful with it. You won't, you, won't, you won't get puffed up over it. Now, look what I know. God doesn't give you wisdom so you can be impressed with yourself. And God doesn't give you wisdom so you can dominate or control people. And God does not give you wisdom. He doesn't give you wisdom for anything but to serve Him and serve others with it. Do you want wisdom? Yeah, You've got to answer that. You can have wisdom. You say, well, I don't know a lot. You're a great candidate, if any of you like wisdom. Amen? Preacher, I just don't know. Well, great! The less you know, the more you'll grow. Amen? Hey, like that? Hey, that'd be your slogan for 2024. <laughs> and I would take time for all these. In Proverbs 14.1, it says that a wise lady buildeth her house. Amen? So when all you wives get busy out there, and us guys need a new place, all right? We'll get the lumber and you, you okay, maybe. You could do that. My wife helped with the physical building in ours, but the, uh, um, but the thing of it is, buildeth her house. She's building. How do you build? Are you a builder among your family? Are you a builder? God wants you to be. Proverbs 15:2 says the tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright. Part of what wisdom does in using knowledge right is 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 that we what we know we use in a proper way, not for destruction and we know there's a time to be silent. There's a the time to say something. There's a the judicious use of knowledge. Just because you know something doesn't mean you have to you know, splatter it out all over there. And then Proverbs 15, verse 7. It's descriptive, isn't it? The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. What does that mean? That means you get to become part of the conduit for other people to be able to grow. You disperse knowledge. There's things you can share. Things you, things you can help people with and that sort of thing. And if you use knowledge right, you'll know when they're actually wondering and when they're not most of the time. And you also know not to just take over every conversation and dazzle them with all your knowledge and wisdom. God wants us to have wisdom. You know what? This whole world has a lot of uh, interesting twists and turns to it, doesn't it? Wow. We make plans and that's okay. We prepare, that's all right then it never gets to go exactly like we think it's going to. Or it's very rare for it to. I was going to say never, but it's odd. It's rare if it does. And so there's a lot of decisions to make. There's a lot of, wow, I didn't see that coming. There's a lot of, oh, wow, where'd that come from? That happens in life. And God said, I want to give you a wonderful thing called wisdom. And with wisdom, he said, I can direct you in how to deal with those things as they come. And If in wisdom you don't always have the right answer, please please hold on to this. If in wisdom you do not always see the right answer, it will keep you from choosing a foolish and destructive path. So sometimes, even as wisdom comes, you don't know exactly what to do, but it will keep you off of doing something that's flat out going to take you out of action. I don't know about you all, I think that's valuable. (laughs) (laughs) There will be a lot of times I'll settle for that, eh? But let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you for your people. Lord, thank you that we can have wisdom from you. I ask, Lord, that people would dare to have a desirous and a discerning heart that seeks after you. I thank you for your words. Thank you for what you teach us. May your people have a heart for your wisdom and a heart to learn. God, may we be teachable by your Spirit, please. Let's stand together this morning. We have song invitation. I invite you to come and be a good time right now, this morning. Right now, while you're in this room, I ask the Lord for wisdom. Would you do that? Would you dare to do that now? Start with that now?